practicing his, practicing his presence. Well, you can see my little crutch here. It's been a few years now, like uh, many of you um, go through pains and that. I've got to read this scripture because it's so appropriate. Romans 8 and uh, I'll read verse 14 because that was my original uh, scripture for today. For, we all, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And then it goes on in verse 8 to go down to here. For we all know that creation, that all creation has been groaning as in birth pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And if you look around on your news and all the things that are happening in the world and Israel and Australia, I'm as guilty as anybody of saying, look at the generation now, look at the, the evil, look at the, you know, the wars, people that I know really well work with people who seeing their two, two lots of people in our church, uh, their connections and family, see their loved ones on TV being arrested and, and committing crime. That's just in our church. You know, this is how things are happening. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to get, not depressed so much, just get down. You know, where's God in all this? But uh, anyone that knows me know that, knows that I've been a student and it's five to to 11 so I get always under pressure I've got to get it happening quickly but it's my favorite subject and ever since I've been a Christian I've just had this passion to know about the reality of God in our midst and the presence of the Holy Spirit and um, it just so happens that that uh, was part of what God's gifting it with our life is to have that prophetic insight gifting uh, and I believe the the strength of that gifting and and the main purpose of that gifting is for the body of Christ not for me to say oh I see this and I know that's going to happen and such and such a thing let me tell you the things that God has shown me about the future I wish he didn't because a few times a handful of times we've taken them to pastors and leaders warnings and so don't ever put your hand up to be uh, have that prophetic strength but there's a part of the prophetic ministry of the Holy Spirit and gifting which I believe is for all of us and it's like the scripture says here because the Bible says that even society and I think it's in the verses to hopefully it is even we as Christians although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory also grown to be released from pain and suffering hence I'm sitting on the stool Uh, disc problem sciatic nerve anyone that's had that whatever but uh, as I <laughs> was reminded today, and it's correct, I'm, like many of us, uh, a broken vessel physically and spiritually. But like Paul, I, I thank God. I'd rather boast about that because whatever's happened in my life that's good and is going to happen in my life that's good, it's God. And he wants to take us as we are. And so I hope today that you're encouraged, inspired and go out with something different um, because I believe that's what God is, and God is present. Now, who knows and believes that God is everywhere? If you know my personality, I jump all over the place, right, because I get these thoughts and ideas. Part of it's probably ADHD. Uh, part of it's probably because the Holy Spirit gives me flashes of things like that. So please be gracious towards me. We have great preachers and teachers in this church who just, at times I can, you know, like pro, be processing and, you know, and whatever. But... Um, that's sort of not me, but I believe there'll be gems this morning for you. And specifically, I believe for all of you, if you want, that you're here, not just because I'm speaking, but because the Holy Spirit's here. 
Now, all of us, if you're a believer, know that God is everywhere. But how many times have you thought, where is God now? He is everywhere. But you you know, he's chosen for whatever reason not to reveal or manifest himself in certain situations, but he's there. But there's keys. And, And many of you would have heard this scripture where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there or manifest. Now, there's a scripture that goes with that that adds something to it in Malachi 3.16, which says, where two, of my where two God-fearing people get together to talk about me, I'm there manifest. There's a powerful, powerful thing. Because what I've discovered in recent time, and I shared with Ben in my, our life journey, Our gifting is prophetic and a few of you would have received hopefully some encouragement from myself or Judy and not just us but others and even this morning in my life, the things that God has shown me in doing is intensifying and I want to encourage you that God with every one of us wants us. Paul said, I wish that you all prophesied. Now is he saying you want to be all prophets? No. What he's saying is because I believe there's a, a great dimension of prophecy which is I'd rather use the word encouragement. The scripture says, think of creative ways to stir one another up for good works. Every believer. And the best way to do that is the one in giving a word of encouragement. Why? Because there's power, life and death in the words we speak. I suffered for three years with incredible anxiety just going back a a few years ago and it was words that were spoken to me that, that caused it, that started it. That night that the words were spoken over me by a specialist, I was in intensive care, taken to hospital, in the ambulance, I did 15 trips to ER over that next few weeks. And it all goes back to words of, of death that were spoken over me. Now that specialist, I still see them. And in their lane, in their, they, they do a great job. But you know the exciting thing is, The best specialists, I've had some of the best specialists and I I thank God for them, doctors that have operated on me and I've had a few operations in the last few years and I thank God for it. But you and I that are sitting here today have more power in our words than that specialist had that spoke to me. Thank God for those gifts. That's what God's given us. But if we understand that when we get together as believers, not just knowing God is everywhere, but that when we get together to talk about him and his purpose then he manifests himself in a way that is, we don't understand. It's powerful. So the gift that Judy and I have and develop in our life, and we didn't realise we had it, is really to see what God is doing. God, if you're here, what are you doing? I say to myself, it's almost subconsciously now. For example, this morning, I look around and how the main motivation for my wanting to encourage people is i position myself and this has developed over years God what are you doing today what are you saying today who do you want me to encourage today if anybody we don't do it because it's a good idea but encouraging people is a good idea so you're not really going to go wrong if you if you have that mindset and I say who do you want me to encourage and I look around and you know how I I don't always get a word or a picture of, of God speak pardon me speaking I look around and I look at somebody And most people in this church, I have like a 
a godly family love for them. I just, it just comes out of my heart and I see them. But when I look at them, it's like God's there. And see, I'm, I'm agreeing with God. God, who do you want to encourage? And I'll see somebody. Or I want to go up there and just, because I love them. And I used to wonder, and my wife used to tell me off of wandering during worship. And God spoke to me and then I spoke to her and said, it's okay. <laughs> Long as I'm sensitive and polite and, and, and apologise if I've distracted someone from a beautiful time of worship. This morning, for example, I looked around and I saw someone and I said, I want to go and just say hello and love them. At the exact moment I felt to do that in worship, that person said to their family member, is Steve here today? And I just turned around, he says, there he is. And I thought, God, you're just so good. Someone's wanting to know if I'm there. I think they wanted to see me and, and, and say hello. This is during worship. Little things like that. That's the God we have when it's him and his love and his business that we're on about. And so our journey's been very different. And I think we've been sort of fairly faithful in our gifting. And over the years, there's an aspect to it I don't like. And you see in the Bible when some of those prophetic people had messages that God's given them for churches, warnings and things like that. And it's not a nice journey, that one. Because no people like to hear those sort of things. But on the other side, I love it when God gives me something to encourage somebody in. And that's 99% of my our life in that area of gifting and you know every one of us can have that and we need to have it and the bible encourages i haven't got time to go through all the scriptures but the bible says every opportunity that you have take that opportunity to encourage someone even more as you see the day approaching and you see all these dark things happening what should we be doing and i'm not a a a political person in fact i i cringe when people try to bring politics into church it's not godly I hate it. I do. I don't apologise for that. Um, Because God's ways are not our ways of the world. That's what that means. That scripture says. And when we see those things happening, Jesus, they said to Jesus, when are you going to deal with all this politics and the Romans? And he said, you know, that's not in your knowledge and time. He said, but as you see these things happening, and I'm talking about news, Israel, in our country with all the crime and and everyone, the guy I work with, he's, he's, he's not a Christian that I know of. And we talk about every time, twice a week I work, two days a week I work with this guy. And we're always talking about things. His name's Stephen and it's, it's in canny how we think alike. It's, it's not it's scary. And, uh, you know, we think about the crime and, and, and things like that. And it's so easy. There was a few years when I got so, fr- up until recently, I got frustrated with where things were heading. And yet here, I'm a person who's, who has for years and years studied end times prophecy, what's going to happen in the world. And I knew the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, when you see these things happening, and Israel's a big key, when you see those things happening, know that you don't know the day or hour, but know that it's a season. And I would encourage every believer, when, if you see that things happening, and you, well, is this in line with Scripture? It is. And the Bible, get it together. Get it together. You know what to do. And I want to encourage you to do that. It says, when you see that happening, you know what we're to do? And I'm not a big fan of protests and conspiracies and things like that. I don't trust a lot of things, anything out of the Bible, you know, people, leaders, power, and a lot of corruption. Of course there is. But these people that keep sending me conspiracy stuff, I keep thinking, so what are you going to do about it? Have you got a plan? The Bible says when we see those things happening and we're aware of that, you know, it can be a, 
a thing. I've spoken to unsaved people recently and said, Israel's the key. This is going to happen. I spoke to Pastor Ben the day before the war broke out. The Holy Spirit says to me, look up Israel on YouTube and type in Israel preparing for war. This is the day before the war broke out. And I'm going, whoa. And then I was talking to a friend that I work with who's not a Christian. I said, you know, and I told him. I said, God showed me this. Why? Because people are looking for reality in the church, that God's involved in, every, in these things. And this is my lifestyle that we've developed, God involved. But I want to say this today. Even though in that area of my gifting and lifestyle that I, I sort of, God's taught me, I guess, how to prepare myself to be his vessel and a messenger of encouragement, hopefully. In other areas of my life, I don't do that. So as I'm preparing this, God's saying, I want to be involved in your life every day. I want to be manifest all the time. So practicing his presence is an ongoing thing that we have to all want to do and realize that God is something God has for us. And I just want to share before I finish a few things that I've developed in our gifting area. It's not a how-to thing that God wants me to do in my everyday life. And it's powerful. In fact, because of a gifting, there's people here today um, in our current small group and some that have been in the church when we used to have a church that because uh, I just want to teach people how to hear from God and how to encourage other people. Because if that's your gifting, that's your passion, that's my, you know, what do you call it? The, my lane, that's it, that's my lane. You're going to do it. And it's passionate because when I was a young Christian, I was raised in a traditional Pentecostal church. Now, I'd say traditional Pentecostal church in there, Abba, Abba, and push you over and all these sort of things. And there was politics and, and, and ungodly things happening in the first two churches that we're in. We left the first two churches because we, it just there was a land, uh, we had to put a, a, a line in the sand. So we can't be part of that. Yet, despite all that stuff that goes on, and let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff going on in churches today. And God's bringing it to the surface. I thank God I'm in the church I'm in. I'm not perfect, we're not perfect, but God's doing something. And I believe our leader, our pastor, is, is seeking God and, and the right path. Be careful. Don't be distracted with all this other business that's going on. And, you know, when that other business involves people. So it gets a little oh, sensitive. But practice, practicing his presence is something that God has been speaking to me about in this time in my life. In fact, in our home group, I, I love it. You, my wife will tell you and some of the other people, I hated meetings. I was raised in a traditional Pentecostal church. As a young Christian, I couldn't get enough of church. I wanted to be there. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be involved. I went to a church and people are lifting their hands and raising them and I'm thinking, this is weird. But I knew something inside me said, this is God. You know, and they put me up there leading choruses. I wasn't even a Christian of a year old. I didn't even know the songs. I could barely sing in tune because I was the only sort of young male in the church. Yeah, we need males in here and up there. And, and why? Because I just wanted to do what God wanted. And this is not me. This is not my gifting and what I'm doing. But God, I love you, so I'll do anything. You know, and for years we had to pastor a church. That's not my main gifting. But it was God's purpose for that season. It was a long season. But when I was a young Christian, I, I read scripture and sometimes 
most of you would experience this when you read the scripture and something jumps out of the page at you and you know God is speaking to you. And I was reading the scripture, the story about the, the, um, the 12 spies that were sent into the land to spy it out. Lead, they were mature leaders, respectable, went in there and God said, if, go in and spy it out because I'm going to give you victory and blah, blah, blah. God promised a lot of things. Only two came back with a positive report. Ten came back and, oh no, it's too hard, too big. I'm telling you, the challenge in your life is going to be that challenge in this season we're in. It's too hard, it's too big. But what did God say? What did God say? And I'm reading that story and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then God spoke to me and said, the two that went in, that's going to be you in your life. (sighs) That season is now. You know, at our home group, uh, Steve, um, Vicky's husband, just we're talking about something and, and, and I've had years where, and the challenge for me is I'm finished, I'm retired, blah, blah, blah. Well, finished and retired of how God used me before, but it's a whole new season. It's a whole new season. And he said, you're still in the game. And he said that and it's burned in my heart. I want to tell you, every one of you, if you're around my age and you think that God's finished with it, he has not. It may be a different season. It may be different how he uses you. But I'm telling you, he needs us. And I've spoken. And, you know, when I was sick, I I, I was speaking to uh, Jim this morning. When I was sick, you know what I needed to do? I needed the, the small group. I said, I've got to come to your small group. I need this small group. And I needed, what I need, I needed people my age around me just to nurture me. And I went and seen Jim, you know, oh, well, you know, someone I didn't know, have a cup of tea and visit there. And I went back and blah, just spilling out because I was, at the time, you know, my heart and I was going to, in, you know, ER quite regularly and things like that. And I was pretty messy for three years. Nearly set my wife insane, honestly, because of how I was. The strong, the strong male leader all his life and now he's just a mess. But I went to gyms regularly and it worked out. This is how God's good because our dog had to get clipped. And someone told me there was this person uh, used to go on to um, Semaphore here and they moved down just around the corner from where Jim lived. And I used to go down there, you know, and have to wait an hour or so to get my dog done. I said, oh, Jim, you live there. And so when I take my dog down, I could pop in and have a coffee, get to know you a bit. I didn't realise, looking back now, I needed that spiritual father to listen to me. And every time he probably got the same message, this is what's happening in my life, this is what's happening, and blur, blur, blur. And he and his wife are so gracious. They just love me like their own son, who's probably not much younger than me anyway. But, um, you know, this is how good God is. And, 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 and anyway, that's probably, hasn't got a lot to practising his presence, but I want to tell you that God has taught me a lot in, the, in recent times. And one of them is this. It's the presence is not us trying to get God to come to where we're at. Us is realising he's already there. It really is realising he's already there. And we just say, God, what are you doing? He won't give you the answers of what I'm doing with me or you because, you know, it mightn't like what he's doing with me or mightn't like the fact he has to do something with me, but he does. <laughs> um, but God, what are you doing? Where are you? What are you doing? And it seems so simple. Honestly, the revelation that God gives us, it's like a a child can understand it. We need to understand when we get together to talk about God, there's nothing wrong with whinging. I did as much whinging as Paul did, uh, as uh, David did in the Psalms, you know, and everywhere I went. But I thank God for the grace 
of Jim and his wife to listen to me every week. And then when I leave, they said, oh, I just rambled on again. You know, I just poured out my stuff again. And the good thing was he agreed with half of what I said, which was great. <laughs> he just asked God to help him with the rest, but that's what he did. And God was there. I didn't realise it. You know, and I just, our gifting, and it's not because it's my gifting, I love it. You know, like there was times, all the things that I enjoy now, God had to work through them with me being in this church. Because we're probably a bit strange, me in, in particular, not so much Judy. But, you know, people say, who's he? What's he about? You know, I, I guess I didn't fit the mould. And that's probably why God picks people like you and me to be involved in certain areas and to relate to certain people because we are different. And I'm telling you, more than ever, God has chosen to use us and want us to be involved in what's happening now. This is a terrible, dark time. But when, as I said, a young Christian, when I I read the Bible and I was waiting and I expected God to speak to me, I don't know how, and he did. And he said, when these times come and we're in these times... I'm telling you, whether it's just a season like it's going to be or whether it's the big shebang. The point is we don't have to worry, oh, what do we need to do? The point is now I'm going to work like you've never seen me before. Judy spoke at our life group on Tuesday, last Tuesday, and she had a couple of scriptures. It was really good. And she had this scripture, and it's scripture most of you will know. It says, be still and know that I'm God and I'm listening and I looked at it because my mindset and my heart's always God are you showing me something what is it and the Holy Spirit you know this is how good for all of us it can be the same show me show me no matter who's the speaker who's the preacher if it's God and God's word he will show you and speak to you things to the Bible says he'll show you things to come that's the promise anyway so Judy had the scripture and I'm looking at it and the Holy Spirit said to me be still is not always just being still. It's back off, take it easy, and then where it says, know that I'm God, you know what the Holy Spirit said? It says, watch me be God. I went, whoa. And when you think about it, yeah, that's it. Know that I'm God. How are you going to know God unless you see him and experience him and how he operates? That's what he's saying. He said, just sit back, son, watch me be God. Isn't that a, isn't that a, 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 a what's the word, a, a, for life, for us, it's a, a, a theme that we could have for life. Be still, you know, if you're like me, and the danger in the modern thing is we can do it, we're Christians, we've got it, you know, we've got the scriptures, we know the pr- process, you know, we can do this, this and this. But God said, no, your ways, you know, the ways you know about me are probably like that. But your ways aren't my ways. But, but that's okay. Just relax for a minute. And it's not like go away and be a you know, zombie and don't do anything. God's, it's not inactivity all the time being still. It's just chill out. Take your hands off the wheel. Let me be the driver. Watch me be God. And you need to know today that God is saying to you, I will be God in your life. If you acknowledge me and just, God, you're here. Sometimes we just need to verbalise it. It takes a long time before it gets from the head to the heart. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, and I rejoice now. You know, I've had years of sickness and I'm 
sitting on this stool here because I can sit and lay, but if I walk, it's agony. Anyone that's had sciatic nerve, you know, and the disc, and I'm trying to work out how, you know. And someone, and the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, I'm teaching you now how to push through no matter what's happening in your life. Because when I was real sick, I couldn't do a thing. I didn't want to do a thing. I was struggling just to get into, sit into church. And, you know, no one knows what's going on. But when he's faithful, never to leave us nor forsake us. That was a horrible season. I hope that's not a season anything like that he ever wants again. So now just get over that and then the back pain starts and the sciatic. This is it. And, you know, from being anxious about all the other stuff and dying and having a blood pressure of 200 and being up ER and all that sort of stuff for three, two and a half, three years, to the point now where, can I work? I can't even walk 50 feet. I've got to stop and sit down with the pain. So I'm thinking, I can't work. And, and, and it was almost on that one day, for a moment, it's almost depression. Oh, I'm going to start to feel depressed. And then God did something on hope, again, do the physio, go through the motions, you know, the actions we need to do sometime to find out what's really wrong with us, what's happening. And I was sort of hopeful, then disappointed. Hopeful, disappointed. But God was teaching me something. I'm going to teach you how to push through, through anything. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always be with you. He said, I'll send you a comforter, remember? Why is he sending us a comforter? Because we're in pain, emotionally, physically. And he wants to teach us that because the, the scripture says that all creation is waiting. Some versions of scripture say all creation, the unsaved are waiting to see the sons of God manifest. How can it be manifested? I don't think it's talking, and a lot of theologians don't think it's talking about judgment day. Why would they wait and sit back and, whoa, look at the Christians. Look what they're doing. It has to be now why they're still unsaved. God is wanting to do something with his church and with his people that people see, look back and say, they've got hope. They deal with things differently and, and, and something seems to be happening in their life despite all the stuff. God wants us to go through the same things as people go through. So they have a guide and, 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 and they can see what their God is to us. Be still and watch me be God so the heathen can see how I can be God to them. Practicing his presence is a discipline. I'm not big on discipline. It, it happens. I have to consciously. See, it's easy. It sounds a bit conceited, but to operate in your gift when you've been using that gift for years and it's a gift which is rewarding to encourage people and teach people how to hear from God and, and just move, you know, it's encouraging. And it took discipline. You know, I'd, I'd say when I was feeling like, and I was a sinner, I felt like I was acting like a sinner. I'd learned some things and it's like God is always moving. God is always wanting to help people. But the trouble is the harvest is white and we just think it's about salvation it's not it's about helping people out there Jesus was always moved with compassion so he's, he wants to teach us to always no matter how we're feeling how crappy we're feeling he wants us to have compassion on people why he said if you do then I can move through you to touch them and for me you know I, I, I've not debated because I don't debate much now I don't want to debate with people but people say to me, oh, you know, uh, this and that about the gift. I said, but God's taught me a way when if I think, I say to God subconsciously, God, 
you want me to encourage anyone today? I'm available. Now, that's not okay when you're feeling reasonable and you're feeling that you're not too much of a heathen or a sinner. But I understand this. The issue, when I've needed to hear a prophetic voice from God when I was real sick, I went to churches hoping that someone would give me an encouraging word. And no one did. Not that they weren't bad people. There's not enough people God has that are willing and ready to give an encouragement to somebody. We sit back and say, oh, visit us, nice, and we say hello. Friends, I want to encourage every one of you to be open to God and, 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 and say things perhaps like I said, God, I'm not worthy, but if you haven't got anybody, I'm available. That was a life, that's a lifestyle to me because he will use me to encourage somebody no matter how much of a, a, a failure or a wreck or broken that I am. I know that. That's, the, that's scripture. God will use, he says that. He, will use, he says he uses pagans to accomplish his will. How much more will he use you that are filled with his Holy Spirit? That's why this is such a good topic and I love doing it. You know, it's, it's hit and miss and it's all over the place, but I want to encourage you. And you know, the simple thing I do, people say, well, someone asked me recently, who's more still my age, but old school. Oh, how do you, how do you know? How do you, how do you prepare yourself to, to give someone a prophetic word, encouraging word? I just said, I just look at them. And I used to say, and I just do it, auto, it's sort of automatic, it's hard to describe how we all operate with our God. But I say, God, give me your love for them. And you know the time that I did it without realising it was in worship times in church. Like Judy is like Julie, you know, and they're just so demonstrative how they love God and worship God and, 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 and others of you are like that. But with me it's different. I just enjoy the presence. We're all different. I enjoy the presence. But I found in our old church, in those times when everyone's just chilling out, being still, and I'm relaxing, I'd look around at people and I'd suddenly get this burst of compassion for them. And after a while I realised, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit flowing for me. Because sometimes there were people, most times there were people I liked. It was easy. Sometimes there were people I didn't know and didn't like. But God would still give me compassion for them. So I'd go over and respond to the compassion that God put on my heart. Not having anything. And the least I knew I could do was give them a hug. That was the least I knew, but guess what? By the time you got there, God would often give you a, a biblical word or a picture or something to share with them. And guess what? It matched up with what was happening in their life. Why? It's, it's because you move with compassion. Other times it's like Jesus. See, Jesus is their role model. He was always moved with compassion. Someone needs something, they just need encouragement. And the Bible says, think of creative ways to encourage one another. You don't need a, mo a role model or you don't need someone to tell you how to do it. All you've got to have is, God, let your love flow through me. Yeah. Many of you do it automatically. But I want to encourage you to, in this season we're in to broaden, broaden what God's doing with you and say, God, if you've done this with me and your gift and your compassion, like, like Christina is to serve, She'll do it and it's natural for her. She has a gift for it. I have a gift for what God's given me, but all of us at different times can have some of that. All of us, the Bible says, are to be hospitable. But you know, people that have the gift of hospitality, oh man, 
That's so good. They make you feel welcome in their home. It's never too many people. It's never too often that you come around. You know, not me. <laughs> Judy has it. She'd have a party at our house every week. Oh, no, I need some time to chill out. Oh, that's why me and Des, me and Des console each other. Oh, we just need some. <laughs> and the cheeky ones now, they say, just you boys just go and nod off now, you know. <laughs> Different gifts. But I want to tell you, in every single gift and every single believer, God wants to be manifest. And, you know, I used to catch up with Kathy. Where's Kathy? She's right at the back. Yeah, there she is. And, you know, every couple of weeks on a Friday, and we'd catch up, you know, and as her pastor, I'd, you know, try to encourage her. But I never used to plan much. But when we got there, because we were, our, both of us were focused on God, not, not so much, you know, consciously, but we just went, let's talk about God. That was almost the unspoken thing was let's get together and God became the the centre of the conversation but he when doing that like the scripture says where two or three of my people get together to talk about me and how I can be the solution or am I in the the thing that's what the psalmist did even when he's whinging God look at this happening you're you're here and all this stuff's still happening and then something mystical happens something spiritual happens when God's there he's saying yeah I'm here and he begins to speak to us and gives us revelation and understanding and says, just watch what I can do. Sometimes you've got to look back in time like I have, look back in the last five years. Oh, that's what God was doing. We don't know at the time, but if God's there, it, the least he will do, give you the strength to get through it. So I want to encourage you, you know, like practising God's presence is first of all putting into practice what we believe. God is omnipresent. He's always here, but he's not doesn't always seem to be manifest. Why? He's chosen to have us involved in him being manifest there. Acknowledge me in all your ways. Acknowledge me in all your ways. Remember I'm there. We, so we, we do stuff and I'm, it might sound like I'm being critical of churches and it probably is true. Um, but we don't need to create an atmosphere. We don't need the best lighting. We don't need the best singers or the best music or the best this or best that. All we need is to get together in a common cause, two or three gathered here, to love God and just to see what God's got for us. I think too often we go there and there's nothing wrong with going to God with our petitions and prayers and we should. But more often I think we should get together just to see what God's got to say. Hey, Because what he's got to say is specific, it is appropriate, it is good, and we're going to get, whoa, he's not caught off guard. He knew about this. Yeah, yeah way back, thousands of years ago. You know, and he told us. So just a few things to finish off that I've learned in my area of gifting, which I believe we can take into every area of our life. And this is just, this is me. It's not out of a book and just things. Practical steps to become more aware of his presence. And this is in my gift. This is not my whole lifestyle. I'm not bragging, I'm telling you. But this happens because I've developed it and, and tried to be faithful to my gift. These things have become very clear and, and, and uh, what's the word, manifest in, in, the, in our gift. But in my life, it's not. And so God's been saying to me recently, now try and develop this in every area of your life and see what happens. Now, the gifts, choose and plan to meet God. Most of these are conscious choices. Choose, God, I'm going to meet with you, no matter how 
you know, unspiritual the, the place is, I'm going to choose to meet with you. Choose to believe he is in you and always will be with you. You've got to choose to believe. You know, they talk about faith. Faith has to be developed like a muscle. You know, with, with me, you know, when the, the specialist gave me some exercises to do, I'm not the best built for yoga, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. It just doesn't work. You know, put, try and put, I had trouble putting my leg up over my knee. But that was one of the exercises. And it wasn't yoga exercise, but I'm just saying. I went with Judy one time trying to do a bit of yoga as a sports thing, you know, Pilates or something. Oh, it's not. So just the same in the spiritual exercises take time and discipline. I'm doing more exercises now than when he gave them, the, the guy gave them to me a month ago. I'm doing it a bit more often now than I did then because it was too hard then. I couldn't be bothered. Are we the same spiritually sometimes? Oh, yeah, I know God's here. Oh, I haven't been conscious of God. Choose to allow the Holy Spirit. This is, these are powerful. And I hope that if it's appropriate, you take it in. Choose to allow the Holy Spirit to use you. Choose to allow the Holy Spirit. You know, you say, oh, where's God? Well, you're, remember the whole thing? You're his arms, hands, eyes, mouth. And he doesn't take you over, oh, oh what happened? Oh, he's, he's taken over. No, he says, be used, be used. Choose to allow the Holy Spirit to use you and look at people through the eyes of Christ. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, no longer consider anyone according to the flesh. What's that talking about? Well, it means that you're, not, you're a spiritual person now and the Holy Spirit's in you. So you can actually look at people differently to you do in the natural They've been nasty to me, and often family members. They've been nasty to me. They said this. We're all good on justice. That's not fair. That's not right. Guess what? With Christians, justice shouldn't come into it. With Christians, not into it. Grace. And so, you know, we need to understand that God, by a choice of your mind, and it will become a habit of your heart. That's a good phrase. A choice of your mind will become a habit of your heart. You can look at people through the eyes of Christ. But it's a choice and it has to become a habit. So it's all stand up. It's a <laughs> Sounds like a national anthem, didn't it? <laughs> that was good. That was good stuff. So 2 Corinthians 5, 16, no, no longer consider anyone according to the flesh. Two things. One, we see them through the eyes of Christ. And that's the game I teach with un, I've done with unsaved kids. Look at the treasure that's in people. Don't look at their habits. Don't look at the outward appearance. Look, because you have the eyes of faith and you have the eyes of Christ. The Holy Spirit searches the hearts. He's in you. He'll search the heart to give you encouragement. And you speak, and I've, I've done this in, in classes with kids, naughty kids, and it's changed them. And I've seen it happen with Christians, where because we speak what God's showing us to speak into their life, you're drawing upon their destiny and their potential and purpose. That's the power of the tongue you and I have. Wow. Hey, everyone, not a prophet. Every Christian has that potential and power to do that. To look in someone's, look at someone through the eyes of Christ. It's a choice. It's not an emotion. But let me tell you, it becomes enjoyable after a period of time. The other thing is, don't consider them as pagan or heathen or a bad Christian. Consider them in the potential and the calling and the destiny God's got for them. So you, you look and see them through Christ's eyes, but you look for what you look into their heart. You don't look into their actions and stuff like that. That's the thing that we developed in our gift and now God's saying, do it in all of your life. 
Choose to listen. Incline your ear. Scripture is full of it. Revelation is full of it. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. In this dark time, he who has ears, look, listen to what the Spirit's saying. He will speak to you and he'll confirm it. One of the things I've seen that if God's speaking to you, he definitely will confirm it. Absolutely. Read his word, expecting him to speak. Read his word, but don't say, oh, I didn't get nothing out of today. Just think about it. It's rare if you have that mindset and heart, a hunger. Read his word. Choose to surrender. Whoa, humble yourselves. You don't receive because you don't ask, and we ask for selfish reasons. So we surrender. We humble ourselves. God, whatever you want from me is going to be best. And seek his face. Lay aside all judgmental prejudices. Acts 10, 13, Peter. I've been in churches where people, you know, look at me, assume this is me and that's background. But we all have our filters. It's not, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone. I've, I've judged people and condemned and had to change my opinion. Well, gee, I was a bit hasty in that judgment. But if you practice his presence, we don't have to be like that. Five more minutes. Exercising spiritual gifts. If God says something is acceptable, like with Peter, don't say no. Oh, God, you, you want me to invite them home? He says that, that we should all do that. Invite the strangers, the unclean, whatever. Does it happen in church as much? It's easy for the church to set up something. I'll be part of that because it's not my home. Well, it is really, you see. God is wanting to go back in this time to how he taught the church in the beginning of the church. Choose to surrender our thoughts and desires and expectations. Knowledge and honour and not and acknowledge his presence. Honour his presence. You know, because in that scripture, some of the versions say back in Malachi, if the people who are God-fearing, if my God-fearing people will, will you know, talk, get together and talk about me, I'll manifest myself. It's not saying you've got to be some super spiro. It's just saying if you acknowledge God, he is God. He'll be there. Ask him to reveal himself however he wishes. That's what I say. I say this to unsaved people. If I have an opportunity to, you know, share the gospel with anybody, I say, well, hey, I don't try to convince them because I know the Holy Spirit is there and probably an area of our gifting is probably more evan- a little bit different sort of evangelism and I say go home when you're laying on your bed and just you and nobody else except I know the Holy Spirit's there and I say to them just ask God is Jesus really the way no pressure on them is God going to be faithful it could be dreams visions and things will start to happen in their life this happened that happened I see this sign you know blah 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 you know ask the Holy Spirit to confirm what you believe you see or hear if you have something for somebody, be humble, submit it. You know, oh, that's God. No, that's not the right attitude. God told me, thus saith the Lord. No, it's just you. Think, you know, being open and learning. Humility is absolutely essential if you're going to be used of God. Absolutely. A couple more. Come on as a trusting child in simple faith. We need to learn again to be like that. Children, children are easy to ask to believe in God because they trust us and they trust and they don't have all the stuff blocking. In prophetic encouragement, I'll finish with this, always allow Christ's compassion to prompt you and overwhelm you. People say, oh, you know, Pentecostals are all emotion. Yeah, the wrong sort of emotion mostly. Aggression, whoa, 
Thus saith the Lord. You know, we had an evangelist one day come to our church, previous, not previous church, a while back, a reasonable sized church, a well-known evangelist and people in the church, and some of you know some of these people, so no names will be mentioned. And they come to us, they trust us, said, the guy pushed me over. I wrote a letter to the state executive. I was only a young minister saying we had people in our church embarrassed. They went to conferences or, or evangelistic meetings and the evangelists were pushing them over. So I asked him, let's talk about this at the leaders, at the pastor's meeting, what we should do. Because I believe, if you know me, I believe in, in the gifts and the power of God, but I don't believe in human rubbish. I'm a loyal person, but I'm not a yes person. And I got writ written a letter back to me from the executive, oh, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I already told him that I believed in you know, the power and the whatever. And no one wanted to touch it. You know, so... You know, we don't have to sort of accept every gullible thing. And you notice on TV what's, what the enemy's trying to do? If you look at YouTube, he's showing you all the negative, all the bad churches, all the corruption, all the politics and all that sort of thing. So what we do, we tempted to back off, oh, I won't go down that road of miracles and gifts because, no, I'm telling you the world is looking to see the reality of spiritual gifts and truth. And, and because you're a genuine person, you look people in the eye, we need to be able to look people in the eye and say, this is what I've experienced. This is what I believe. And I'm telling you, you'll have opportunity beyond your wildest expectations to show God's presence. Amen? Amen. Yeah.